This is Histories and Mysteries. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley, and this is... Jessica. And on today's episode, it's our Christmas episode. (laughs) So... Ashley is going to actually be doing a Christmas story (laughs) and she's going to be talking about Krampus and then some other mythical Christmas creepies yeah that thing (laughs) and then (laughs) and then I'm going to be telling the story on Eliza Lamb it's kind of a mystery and it also involves death and very not Christmassy and very scary. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be doing a little snippet on um, a European mythical creature, and its name is the Yule Cat. So I have a little bit of Christmas shoved in there. <laughs> so Perfect. Yeah. You'll get a little bit of Christmas from me, but then I wanted to do a creepy story. So <laughs> you just have to Perfect. feel. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to do Krampus and like, So I started looking at him and there's like a little bit of information on him, but not like a ton. So then I started looking at other like creepy Christmas things and dude, Europe goes hard. Like Oh yeah. They're very graphic. Yeah. Um, so I use SmithsonianMag.com, history.com. There's literally a site called scary4kids.com that I used. And an article from The Guardian. Nice. Yeah, so we all know Santa. He's a jolly man with a round belly, a red suit, and he loves children. And if you're good that year, he brings you presents. But if you're bad, you get a lump of coal. We've all heard that. I've never met anyone who got coal, but, you know, whatevs. Well, and that's the funny thing is that we get a lump of coal if we're bad in North American culture. And then Uh over in Europe, it's... A little more intense. <laughs> yeah, so I have, but in some European countries, if you're naughty, you get a Santa's counterpart, a half goat, half demon named Krampus. I pulled an <laughs> Ashley, sorry. <laughs> no, it's so true, because like in North America, um, even I think in South America, because I think South America believes in Santa too. Um. So I think even in the Americas, you know, yeah, like you said, you get like a lump of coal and in Europe, they're like, nah, man, you die. (laughs) You get eaten alive. (laughs) Um, And so Krampus really comes from Austria and Germany. And each year in, okay, I'm going to preface the story. (laughs) So since it does take place over in Germany, Austria mainly, um, uh, a lot of these words I can't say, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna wing it, and uh, we'll see what happens. That's that's my Yule Cat story. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I talk about an Icelandic because the Yule Cat's Icelandic, right? Yeah. Yep, and so I talk about his mom. Um, and so Icelandic. I mean, okay, so German. I was over in Germany for like a month, traveling around, and I've taken like introductory to German classes um language classes just one so i i feel like 10 percent confident on my (laughs) pronunciation of those but those icelandic words oh my gosh i know i even for my yule cat story i actually i went on to a website 
I think it's like Fovlo or something. And I was trying to find pronunciations of the name of the Yule cat in Icelandic. Mm-hmm. I still can't pronounce it. Dude, we went to Iceland <laughs> last year. And so I was trying to learn like some basic Icelandic words, you know, like hi, bye, thank you. Oh my gosh, that is the hardest language yeah. I have ever seen. It they make so noises weird. that I just can't make. <laughs> it's true because, like, I I listened to the pronunciation like twenty times, and I'm like, it just sounds like it's all one word. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> Thankfully, over in Iceland, almost everyone speaks English, so I was able to communicate because. <laughs> but I really tried, man. I tried, and it is just that is a hard language. Yeah, that's so crazy. But, um, yeah, so prefacing that, lots of words that I can't say, so you can laugh along with me. Uh, Each year in, and I believe it's, I'm going to go with Lines, L-E-I-N-Z, Austria, so Lines, Austria. Okay. Young men dress up as Krampus and parade through the town to disperse winter ghosts. It's an old tradition that can be traced back to the pagan roots, and legend says that a Saint Nick a.k.a. Santa, goes around giving out candy and toys, Krampus tags along, and beats naughty children with sticks. (laughs) Or snatches them up in his bag and brings them back to his lair to be tortured and eaten. (laughs) (laughs) So this is done on December 5th or 6th. Um, This Krampus day is the 5th or the 6th. Um, And I have in here... I love how in the Americas we're like, if you're bad, you get coal. And Europe is like, nah, bro, you get tortured and eaten by a demon. (laughs) I literally have the same thing in my notes. (laughs) Um, So there's also something known as Krampus sloth, which means Krampus run. um, Like, like kind of like running of the bulls, but Krampus run where men get drunk, dress up like Krampus and run through the streets. Mm hmm. Uh, so apparently in the 12th century, the Catholic Church tried to abolish this festival um, because Krampus was considered a demon and he did look so close to the like the depiction of the cartoon depiction of the devil. So um, they tried to abolish it, but it didn't really take. And then in 1934, the conservative Christian Social Party also ruled to abolish it and they were kind of in power at the time. But Krampus always finds a way to come back. So he's popular again, and you can even see him kind of starting to come over to mainstream the Americas with the movie that they released, Krampus, and um, I think there's like a comedy Krampus out and stuff like that. So he's always coming back, but in basic lore, he's depicted as half man, half goat. He has black hair, two horns, um, and they always say like a mutilated face. So he's like really ugly. That's mean. Uh. <laughs> no wonder he eats people. People are rude about him. They're rude. They call him ugly. Yeah. What dick. Uh, he is mainly known in Germany and Austria, but there are other evil Santa counterparts across Europe, which are just as crazy, creepy. Um, some other Germanic regions have a black bearded man that goes around beating children with switches. Oh. He's known as Belsnickel. Or Necht Ruprecht, I think. Necht Ruprecht is what I'm saying. 
Um, <laughs> Good job. Thanks. This one I got. France has Hans Tropp and Pierre Gutard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did go a little bit into Hans Tropp. His legend dates back to the 15th century, where he was said to be a very, like, heartless, cruel, vain man. And he said, it said that he gave his life over to debauchery um, uh, and Satanism, because all he ever wanted was, like, good stuff for himself. You know what I mean? Like, he just wanted to improve his life. Um... So he started worshiping Satan and using black magic and dabbling in the occult and all that. Um, and he was eventually caught by the Catholic Church and he was excommunicated. And, you know, back in the day, the Catholic Church basically was like the law. Mm-hmm. So because he was excommunicated, he was then ostracized by the people and the Catholic Church seized his land and money. Um, so he was poor. Um, all of this caused him to slowly lose his mind. And he became hellbent on revenge. So as the madness grew and his worship of Satan intensified, he became obsessed with eating human flesh. Oh, okay. Remember, this is a Christmas story, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of Christmas story is there without some eating involved? Some eating flesh. Um, (laughs) He would roam the countryside dressed up as a scarecrow. By stuffing his clothes with like straw and hay. Ew. And waiting for the perfect victim. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That's terrifying. Do you, okay. So you watch Supernatural, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember like season one, I believe it was, the Scarecrow episode? 15 years ago? No, I don't remember that far back. <laughs> <sighs> that was such a creepy episode. The Scarecrow would like come to life and kill people. That's a movie too, right? Like, uh, probably. I wouldn't. I think there's a movie called Scarecrow where he like comes to life. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I hate scarecrows. I hate clowns. Oh, so you don't like the like, like, face things? No, and like, I don't like dolls either. Okay, dolls are creepy as shit. Like, I, I never watched Chucky. Okay. I haven't watched Chucky, but that's just because I don't like slashers. They oh, scare me. But... I've seen it now, but at this point in my life, I hadn't, and I still <laughs> had a freaking nightmare about him. Oh, he no. was like giant Chucky. I was like miniature size, and he was chasing me around the house with a butcher knife. <laughs> and I had never watched it in my life. Well, now you can add Hans Trapp to your nightmares. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> crazy. Ugh. Yuck. And, like, yeah, gross. <laughs> Sorry. No, because this is going to get worse for you with the oh, scarecrow thing. Fantastic. Okay, I'm ready. So, <laughs> legend says that one day he found a 10-year-old shepherd boy who was walking into the woods. Okay. When Hans jumped on him, stabbed him with a sharp object, and as he was dying, he dragged him back to his place, where he chopped him into small pieces and roasted him over the fire. Ah. (laughs) Right as he was about to take a bite, 
God struck him down with lightning, killing him instantly. I thought you were going to say that the little boy came to life and ate him. <laughs> All the little pieces. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, so now they say, this is where it's going to get you. You ready? Sure. Every Christmas, he goes house to house, des- dressed as a scarecrow to scare young children and drool over their flesh. Ew. <laughs> Like it wasn't bad. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad until it's like, and then he drools over their flesh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the site actually said the site I got this from actually said their tender flesh. Ew. But I took out the tender. <laughs> so let's go back to Krampus okay. and talk about where he came from. So there's a few different theories. One is that he is the horned god of the witches. Um, the Horned God of the Witches is one of two primary gods found in Wicca and neo-paganism. Um, he represents the male part of the religion, while the mother goddess represents the female. He is said to be the god of nature, wilderness, sexuality, and hunting. So that's one of the theories. Apparently something about him is very phallic in nature, but I couldn't figure out what. But His penis. His penis is very phallic. Um... Uh, he is also thought to come from the Yule Goat, who was a figure of paganism used to scare children into behaving. A newer theory that was probably started by a fantasy author named Gerald Brom theorizes that he is the son of the Nordic goddess of the underworld. underworld. Is it Heel or Hell? I think it's Hell. H-E-L. I would say Hell. Hell, who is the daughter of Loki. Yeah, so it's Loki had three kids. He had a serpent, a wolf, and a little girl. Oh, he's in the bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not our nice Marvel Tom Hiddleston Loki. Not that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then his daughter became the goddess of the underworld. Um, and supposedly Krampus is her child. Oh, okay. But Krampus does awaken the worst in people, even though he is mostly fictional. Um, in an area of Austria known as Corinthia, police have said that uh, um, crime increases up to Krampus Day on December 5th. Um, in this same area, two firefighters were beaten up by a group of Krampuses. Oh. <laughs> and apparently there was a Krampus going around smacking people with, um, like, birch sticks got someone across the face and then he got 11 year old boy who had a bloody cut on his thigh and this was just all last year oh my goodness um another video shows spectators fleeing from a krampus run where some krampuses or is it kramp i don't know (laughs) Uh, i think either or man (laughs) we're beating and kicking a person on the ground krampus so, yeah, it definitely brings out the worst of people. <laughs> Did you ever watch the video of Christoph Waltz describing Krampus? No. It was, like, on Jimmy Fallon or something. It was funny. Oh, no, I'll have to go look that up. Yeah, go look at it. It's really funny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so there are some other scary Christmas monsters from around the world. Um, there is one called Gryla. It's G-R-Y-L-A. This is the Icelandic one, so I'm 99.9% sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but I'm going to go with Gryla. 
She's an Icelandic Christmas witch. Um, she's an ogress that lives in a cave in the hinterlands and is apparently the head of a family of creatures. Um, the family will attack nearby towns to take their naughty children and cook them in a stew. Sounds like Hansel and Gretel. I know, right? And you can find evidence of her all the way back to the 13th century, where it was usually like audible stories. Mm-hmm. So there is a poem, which I'm going to read to you really quick. Ooh, okay. Down comes Gryla from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword, a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. Ew. Don't cry for meat during Lent. I love meat, though. <laughs> so um Iceland has a midwinter holiday called I think Joy. It's J O I, but it's got one of those little things above the O. Oh, okay. Um or actually no, I'm sorry, it's J O L. So I think Joel. Joel? Joel. Yeah, I have no idea. Joel. Anyway, it's basically <laughs> a version of Yule. And this time of year families, both alive and dead, gather together to celebrate. Um, they believe that elves, trolls, and other magical creatures also come down to celebrate at this time. And one of those creatures is our Gryla, the Icelandic Christmas witch. Witch, mm-hmm. not wish, witch. <laughs> she comes down to eat naughty children. And at one point she did have a husband, but she got bored with him and ate him. Um, <laughs> okay. Her family, oh, the article I read said, so you could say she was the first feminist. It made me giggle. Um... <laughs> Her family also consists of the Yule Lads, who are mischievous creatures that go around slamming doors and eating leftovers of your house. Oh. And she also had a cat named the Yule Cat. Oh, my cat! uh, Yeah, which Jessica will talk about next. (laughs) Not in a lot of detail, but I needed to get some Christmas out there, so... Yeah, so that's really all I had on Krampus and some scary things from around the world, because like I said, there wasn't a ton on him, but I figured that that would be a good segue into your Yule Cat. Woo! Sorry, I don't know what that sound was. It just came out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, are we ready? Because I I liked your creepy ass stories, and like, (laughs) you're you're fucked. We love you, but like your stories, man. They're they're hardcore metal. I like them, but man, <laughs> like don't get me wrong, I love your stories, Europe. <laughs> but you're just next level shit. They are next level. <laughs> All right. So we got our beautiful Yule cat. Yay! So this is the word I can't pronounce. <laughs> And I right off the bat, here we go. <laughs> I tried looking it up. I tried finding like the little hyphenated ways of saying it. I literally listened to a pronunciation of it. And let's hear your best shot. What you got? What you got? <laughs> I'm ready for this. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it's Iceland's Jolakoturin. <laughs> Sounded a little French, but go ahead. <laughs> oh I don't know. It's J- it definitely sounds a mix between Spanish and French. Those <laughs> <laughs> are the only languages I know. Okay. 
It's J O with a hyph like with an accent on the top. Yeah. Um L A K O. I think there's like two little dots there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh T T U R I N N. Well, I know how to pronounce that. How? Oh, oh I'm not going to tell you, but I know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I have no oh. idea. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> No, that sounds like the hardest word ever. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's what it is. But we're just going to call it the Yule Cat. Yule Cat. That's so much easier. Yeah. Or sometimes it's called the Christmas Cat. Um... It's the most fashion-forward of Santa's helpers, okay? Ooh! (laughs) And it it basically eats people (laughs) who haven't received... New clothing by the time Christmas comes around. Oh, he does not like a fashion mistake. No. So that is just like a cat, too, just to like judge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like this giant ass cat. So mm. <laughs> uh, the oldest written accounts of the Yule Cat comes from the 19th century. And it's a Christmas enforcer ensuring good behavior. Icelandic tradition states that if someone finished their chores before Christmas, that they would get clothes as a reward in order to avoid the Yule Cat's wrath. And this is where I said, I think it's funny that we get a lump of coal and in these other countries, it's someone will beat you or eat you to death. (laughs) So (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Um, so apparently the Yule Cat is super big, towers over homes, and even the tallest buildings, so it's like Ooh. giant Goliath cat. Um, it would stalk Iceland on Christmas night and peer into windows to see what the children got for Christmas. It's just and- judging you like every cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if the kids are good and they earn socks, then the Yule Cat would continue along its merry old way. But if the children were bad and they didn't finish their chores or earn their socks, then the Yule Cat would eat them for dinner and would also eat their dinner. <laughs> so the cat would be like, mm, I'm going to take your food and then I'm going to take you for food. Can you imagine like, so. okay, you're in Iceland, you have a kid and you're like, listen, you got to go clean your room or the Yule Cat's going to come and fucking eat you. Okay. I don't make rules. <laughs> I'm not even in Iceland, and I think I'm going to instill this fear in my child. (laughs) So. (laughs) Darling, we have some Nordic background, so we're going to just take on this little tradition here. (laughs) And I do. I did Ancestry DNA. I do have some Nordic background. Very cool. It also goes at you if you don't have enough money to buy these clothes, and then you'd still be eaten by the cat. That's rude. Going after poor people. I I know. Um, But if people that did have the means gave clothing to children that were unable to afford the clothing, then the Yule Cat would spare them. So the moral of the story is to be generous to those less fortunate and don't be a lazy ass brat and then you won't be eaten by a giant monster cat. That's a great moral. It's a life lesson right right there. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got everything from the Smithsonian Meg. Awesome online well merry christmas everyone that's all of our christmas content and now we go into creepy elevator stories (laughs) 
it's okay. <laughs> it is really creepy. Um, all right. So I'm going to talk about Eliza Lamb. I used All That's Interesting. Natasha Ishak was the author. And then I also you got some stuff from Thought Catalog. And the author for that was Daniel Hayes. All right. Are we ready? I yeah. am ready. Mystery story. Okay. Miss Eliza Lamb was born on April 30th, 1991. She was a student at the University of British Columbia. And her parents owned a restaurant in Burnaby, which is just outside of Vancouver. So, Canadian girl, holla. Oh. Um, huh? I said, oh, that's sad because she's she's Canadian. So, like, yeah, but it doesn't end well for her. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> she decided that she was going to go to L.A. on a little trip. And it was a solo trip around the West Coast. And she arrived there on January 26th. 2013 from san diego so a winter story oh there we go (laughs) there's some winter for you (laughs) um to help ease her parents minds she made sure that she checked in with them every day to ensure that she was safe which is smart yeah because that'd be scary your kid going to not only another country but like la yeah by herself when she's like a scrawny female yeah not safe but she just she said you know i'll check in with you every single day so that you know i'm safe and i'm okay yeah so when her parents didn't hear from her on january 31st they came became very worried and then they contacted the la police um the la police then searched the cecil hotel where she was supposed to be staying and they couldn't locate her anywhere um this is also if People don't know the hotel where the Black Dahlia was found. Yeah, the Cecil Hotel is like super haunted, right? And it wasn't, didn't George yeah. Ramirez, George, wow, not George, <laughs> the Night Stalker. Yeah, yes. Ramirez, <laughs> Richard, Richard Ramirez. Didn't he stay there for a while? Yes, yeah. yes, okay. he did. So, yeah, this hotel is very, very haunted. Thankfully, it's also closed down now. Oh, okay. Um, it's permanently closed. Um, but yes, Richard Ramirez stayed there. It's like a bunch of the articles are like, this is the most haunted hotel. And then it didn't even t- say any of the hauntings. <laughs> it just basically talked about all the creepy shit that went down there for it to be super haunted. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not giving me any ghost stories. This <laughs> sucks. Like, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for nothing. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so soon after Eliza went missing. The LAPD released a surveillance video of her on their website. Um, The video footage was of Eliza in the Cecil Hotel's elevator, and she's acting very bizarre in the video. It's super creepy. It's so creepy. I finally watched it, and I was not happy with myself that I watched it. (laughs) It's so creepy. If you haven't seen it yet, go look at it, but, like, make sure you watch it, like, in the daytime in bright daylight. It's so scary. Super creepy, especially because, like, the last minute is literally just an empty elevator, and it's just, ugh, yeah. creepy, because it's a silent video, too. Yeah. So, um, when she stepped into the elevator, she decided that she was going to press every single button for every floor, <laughs> which, annoying, but whatever. <laughs> um, she then continued to step in and out of the elevator, sticking her head out 
down the hallway and then like the elevator doors just weren't closing which was very creepy and weird mm-hmm. <laughs> um she's then seen to peer in and out of the elevator a few more times before finally exiting it for the very last time um despite there not being anyone else in the elevator with her she was seen to be moving her hands in very random gestures as if talking to someone or something <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> just very very weird Mm um yeah anyways um i thought i was like watching the video and i thought like for that last final minute where literally nothing is happening i thought something was gonna like jump out yeah (laughs) like one of those videos (laughs) yeah but it was just literally just like the creepiest minute i've seen because it was just dead silent and it was just like the elevator doors finally closed when she got off which is weird and didn't it take like, a really long time after she got off for them to actually close? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, it finally went down to, like, the other floors, and it was opening and closing. It was just, oh, it was so gross. Yeah. But, unfortunately, though, two weeks later, after this video had been released, um, on February 19th, a maintenance worker for the Cecil Hotel located Eliza's body. It was actually floating in one of the water tanks for the hotel. Ugh. Yeah, so the reason <laughs> you, I'm, I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> the reason he went up and checked the water tank was because people that were staying at the hotel were complaining that their water pressure was really low and that the water had a funny taste when it came out of the taps. Yeah, they were basically drinking dead body water. Yeah, like decomposing for a couple weeks dead body water i'm surprised no one got really sick i mean maybe they did i know i'm just like nauseous thinking about it uh she was seen floating next to the same clothing that she had been wearing in the surveillance footage that had previously been released so like she was naked in there as well wow and all of her clothes were off. It was just very weird. Yeah. Um, like if there was someone else involved, it made no sense because she was always observed to be alone. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a very weird coincidence. Yeah. Um, a bookstore owner was the last person to see her alive, and she was observed to be buying gifts for her family. So there was an intention to return home, which would indicate suicide to be an unlikely cause of her death. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. When the autopsy was completed, it didn't really answer any questions since the toxicology report only indicated that she had medical drugs in her system, likely for treating her bipolar disorder. Um, No illegal drugs or alcohol were located in her body, so it was just a mystery. Yeah. Uh, A Reddit user, though, decided they were going to break down her toxicology report. So here it is. (laughs) Good old Reddit. Yeah, <laughs> the good old rabbit hole. <laughs> Three main points are pointed out by this breakdown. So number one was Eliza had taken at least one antidepressant that day. Okay. Number two was Eliza had recently taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer, but not that day. Okay. Um, and three. <laughs> Sorry, I lost where I was. <laughs> Eliza had not recently taken her antipsychotic. Okay. So, it can be concluded from this that even though she was diagnosed with depression and bipolar, she might not have been adequately taking her drugs for these conditions, which can cause a lot of issues. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, w- and you'll get into this um, because I, because you said you were, so I know you are. But <laughs> I mean, it's either you believe one of two things: one, she had like a psychotic breakdown or a break, you know, something didn't something didn't go right in her brain, or there's more creepy, sinister involvement. Exactly, and I will get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. I think a lot of it does have to do with her mental health. Yeah. But then at the same time. And then, like, I think it's, like, part and part, right? So her mental health um, kind of goes hand in hand with the creepy supernatural aspect that we're going to talk about. So, mm-hmm. um, It has been noted that the use of antidepressants in order to treat bipolar disorder can result in manic episodes, which could explain her strange behavior in the elevator. And this is also supported by the fact that when Eliza originally arrived at the hotel, she was placed into a hostile-type room situation. However, her roommates kept complaining about her strange behavior, so she was eventually moved to a private room. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard that either. But yeah, apparently her behavior was so bizarre and so concerning that they had to move her to her own room. Okay. That may, I mean, that that checks with chart, as I say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The coroner's office conducted their autopsy on Eliza, and it didn't appear that foul play was a theory at all. However, a full autopsy was unable to be completed due to... Due to the stage at which her body had decomposed. Okay. So basically her blood wasn't able to be examined properly because of how de- like decomposed she was. Because she had been in that water tank for weeks. Yeah. Um, her parents rightfully filed a wrongful death suit against the hotel and the lawsuit was dismissed. Okay. Well, so I don't know. I mean, what could the hotel have done? Well, the thing was, was that they basically were like, these areas should have been blocked off, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Okay. But the hotel questioned how they could foresee anyone getting into one of their water tanks on a rooftop that wasn't accessible to their guests. How did... It wasn't accessible to the guests? So how did she get in there? No. They don't know. Oh. Okay. Then, yeah. I don't think the hotel's at fault. Yeah. So the maintenance worker that found Eliza's body also mentioned how difficult it was for even him to access the water tank just to find her body. And he worked there. Okay. So he took the elevator to the 15th floor, walked up a staircase to the roof. He then needed to turn the alarm off for the roof, which she wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Like, did the alarm not go off or was it not on or what happened there? idea (laughs) i'm assuming it didn't go off if like they didn't find her for weeks right yeah because if it had gone off they could have been like oh well maybe this is where she yeah yeah that's true that's crazy yeah um and then he had to climb up onto a platform where the four water tanks were located so and then once he did that he had to climb yet another ladder to get to the main tank. And then, and only then, did he finally notice something was odd. Wow. Um, well, he and stated, it's surprising, too. Like, how would she even know how to get there? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like nobody knows. Yeah. It's like, did she exit a window and scale up the side of the building? Like, But, like, why? Like, what? 
what was it that she was like, I need to go to the water tank? And even to know a water tank was there. Like, honestly, if I stayed at a hotel, I would not even think about there being like a water tank on a roof. No. I would think it'd be like in a basement or something. Yeah, exactly. So it's just so yeah, weird. So bizarre. Like, she was probably having a manic episode, honestly. Like, I probably didn't know where she was. Yeah, exactly. Like, probably just hallucinating. Yeah. So, but just the um, fact that, like, Whatever the circumstances were, it brought her there to a place yeah. where she could drown. You know what I mean? Like it didn't yeah. it didn't bring her to her bed. You know, it didn't bring yeah. her, you know, to the lobby where she like made a scene and got like arrested or whatever. It's just so weird. Yeah. It it's just very weird because especially because her clothes are off, so it's like, well, did she want to go swimming? Like Yeah. And then she just got, she couldn't get back out. So then she just got too tired and then she drowned. Yeah, like, it's just crazy. It's sad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, for sure. It just sucks that it, like, it's unsolved too. Yeah. So the maintenance worker said, I noticed the hatch to the main water tank was open and looked inside and saw an Asian woman lying face up in the water, approximately 12 inches from the top of the tank. God, how terrifying would that be too, to discover that? Yeah. Well, and I don't, like, it's just, it's hard to imagine that she just fell in, right? Because, A, her clothes are off. B, it would have been hard to lift the hatch up. Yeah, I think, like, what you said is she probably kind of, she probably just, like, accidentally came upon it and was like, oh, swim, I want to go swimming, you know? Yeah. But the poor guy, he was probably, like, expecting, like, a dead animal or something. And then he finds, like, a human. Yeah. Yeah. And like naked too. Like yeah. Just, ugh. So basically, if she did get up there on her own, it would have been very difficult for her not to be noticed. Mm-hmm. So, um, it says here that if the alarm did go off, it would have triggered at the front desk, and the top two floors would have heard it going off. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. So basically, the lawsuit was dismissed because she was in a location that she shouldn't that she should not have been able to access, mm-hmm. and there is no way the hotel could have foreseen something like that happening, considering the difficulty of even getting up there and accessing each section. Well, and the fact that they had it alarmed, they did everything they were supposed to. Exactly. So it's like, was the alarm off, like you said, or yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was off, so. then that's case for a lawsuit, I think. But yeah, but how are you going to prove that, right? Right. Because it was a very rundown hotel. It's not like a fancy <laughs> yeah. hotel that would have everything that you need to yeah. check stuff like that. So, um, this wasn't the first time something mysterious happened at this hotel, like we talked about. Um, and since it had opened in 1927, it had 16 non-natural deaths and paranormal events. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the most famous being the Black Dahlia. Yeah. Um, which I'm going to talk about, I think, in a few weeks, sometime in December, January, January, February. I can't even remember. One of those months. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> um, and then in 1985, like we talked about, Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker, he lived on the top floor of the hotel during his killing spree. Or also known as George Ramirez by me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with George. <laughs> I don't know, but when you do him, you better call him George. It's George Ramirez. 
Oh my gosh. It's like the <laughs> George Lopez of our time. <laughs> well, and I think um, American Horror Story, the hotel season, I think it's loosely based on this hotel because they do have Richard Ramirez yeah. in it and a lot of hauntings and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. And Lady Gaga's in it. She's really good. <laughs> she did a good job. That's good. Uh, there's another serial killer named J- Jack Unterweger. Ooh. Unterweger? I don't know. That's it sounds right. like it's Unterweger. German. Um, he was the Vienna Strangler. Ooh. And he moved into the hotel in 1991. Oh, that's recent. Yeah. Um, so to this day, Eliza's death remains a mystery. However, there are some who believe she was playing a game. Oh, God, this game is so creepy. I hate it so much. It's called the elevator game. I hate it so much. And I copied and pasted these instructions because I wanted to be surprised and creeped out all over again. (laughs) Well, and they're very specific. Yes, exactly. So... Very specific, and I didn't want to go point by point because I have like two pages of instructions. (laughs) So it's called the elevator to another world. Only one person can play at a time. You can only perform this in a building that's at least 10 stories high with at least one elevator in it, and you cannot proceed otherwise. Okay. Okay. So instructions. This is for traveling. You need to enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone else gets on, then understand that you cannot continue from the first from the first floor and you have to wait until the elevator can be taken alone. Then press the button for the fourth floor. Um, do not get out when the elevator reaches the fourth floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. Do not get out when you reach the second floor. Stay on the elevator and then press the button for the sixth floor. Do not get out when you reach the sixth floor. Remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. Do not get out (laughs) when you reach the second floor. Stay on the elevator and press the button for the tenth floor. Some have reported hearing a voice calling to them on the second floor during the middle section of the ritual. Do not reply and do not answer them in any way. Oh, don't have to tell me twice. Um, do, do not get out when you have reached the 10th floor. <laughs> Stay on the elevator and press the button for the 5th floor. It has been reported by some that a woman may enter the elevator on floor 5. She... She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. More importantly, she may appear as someone you know. It is important that you do not acknowledge her in a word or a glance. If the elevator you are in is reflective, then stare at the floor or the buttons only. Oh my gosh. (sighs) Now... Press the button to head to the first floor. If instead of going towards the first floor, you instead begin to ascend to the 10th, then you have performed this ritual correctly. (laughs) However, and this is very important, 
If in if you instead do descend to the first floor, then you have done something wrong. Get off on the first floor immediately. If the woman in the elevator, then oh, if the woman is on the elevator, then remember not to acknowledge her. Don't acknowledge that strange lady. If you reach the 10th floor, you can either stay on the elevator or exit the elevator. Some have reported that upon attempting to leave the elevator, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. (laughs) She may raise her voice and ask where you are going or what's wrong. (laughs) This is so creepy. (laughs) I'm so creeped out being in my closet right now. (laughs) I'm creeped out. I hate this. She may shriek at you as you cross the door's threshold. Keep your wits about you and do not engage or look at her even out of fear. (laughs) Just like a woman, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't engage. (laughs) There is only one way to know whether you have traveled to the other world for sure. You will know because you will be the only person there. In the whole world? Yeah, it's creepy. Oh. I want to know what happens if you look back at her or acknowledge her. That's what I was going to ask if you had that. But I, guess I don't know. Ugh. I have no idea. I haven't read any of this yet. <laughs> I don't think so, but Ugh. who knows? I might. But yeah, I just want to know what happens. Yeah. If you look at her. She eats you. <laughs> tie in really well with our story. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, traveling back to your home world. Okay. These are the instructions. Okay. Um, so if you don't exit on the 10th floor... Press the button for the first floor and keep pressing it until the elevator begins to move. Once you have reached the first floor, exit immediately. Do not exit on any other floors but the first. Do not acknowledge the woman if she is on the elevator. If anyone else gets on, then do not speak to them either. Remain silent. Okay. If you do exit the elevator at the 10th floor... The elevator you used to get there is the only one you can use to return. Remember it. When you get back on the elevator, press the buttons in the same order you did in steps two through eight, which you used to travel. This should take you to the fifth floor. I would forget that. Mm -hmm. Once you have reached the fifth floor, press the button for the first floor. Do not be surprised when you instead begin to ascend again to the 10th floor. Don't panic. You can press the button of any floor lower than 10 to stop ascending, but you have to do it before you again reach the 10th floor. (laughs) Some some have described feeling called not to cancel the elevator's ascension, but you must. Once you have canceled the ascension and reached the first floor, make sure that everything seems normal to you. If anything seems remotely strange, if you hear anything you shouldn't be hearing... If you smell something you don't recognize, oh God. then don't exit the elevator. Oh God! You have to repeat step two until everything on the first floor seems normal. This is very important. Once you are satisfied that everything on the first floor is as it should be in your world, then you can exit the elevator. Additional information on traveling. The other world has been described by travelers as dark, but otherwise exactly like your home world. Again, you will know that it is not your world because no one else will be there. You may see a distant red cross through a window. This may be a cross or it may be something else. All right. Okay. 
Electronics often don't work, but some have posted videos claimed to have been taken while traveling to the other world. You may become disoriented if you exit on the 10th floor. You might feel dizzy, but be vigilant. Pay attention to how you're feeling and keep your wits about you. Uh, if you pass out, you may wake up at home, but understand it may not be your home. Oh, God. <laughs> it also may not be the other world you intended to travel to by invoking this ritual. Examine everything around you to make sure it's as it should be. If you get on the wrong elevator on your return trip, then do not enter the return sequence. It will not work. Oh, God. Regarding the woman, <laughs> do not speak to her. Do not look at her. Do not check to see if she is still there because she is. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> That's my story. <laughs> I hated that. I did. Yeah, I did too. I'm Thanks, really I hated it. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to see like if... Are you trying to see what happens if you look at her? Yeah. Okay, because I'm curious. I'm surprised you didn't tell me, honestly. Well, I was reading this thing from the Thought Catalog, but it sounds pretty made up, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Oh, I was on. that was from Thought Catalog. So this girl in the Thought Catalog said that she played the game. Um, okay. And she messed it up somehow. I kind of like was skimming to the girl part. But she said a girl did get on um, on the fifth floor. And she said that she was like looking up at the lights above to see what floor she stopped on. And then it startled her when the elevator doors opened. So she looked at the lady. Um, And apparently the lady said um, she said she was a tiny thing. I'd seen that as she got on um, and she's pretty. Her hair was light blonde. And she had striking green eyes and freckles. She started talking about how there had been just been an accident on the fifth floor and asked if I would go back to help her. So this was totally nonsensical. She'd just gotten on the elevator in hopes that someone might be there and go help. I didn't speak. I was it was too weird. No way was I going to speak with her. She said it again. And this time she sounded like she was getting angry. Again, I ignored her. The third time was very different. She screamed, Hey, you fucking bitch. I'm talking to you. you oh. She said, I can't tell you how scary that was. The hair on the back of my head or the hair on my arms were standing up. I got dizzy um, and confused. Some adrenaline came in. Let's see. She kept ignoring her, basically. And then she said that the lady started wailing and it got louder and louder and louder until she finally couldn't take it anymore. Hatred filled her. She turned around and shut up, yelled shut up as she grabbed her by her blonde hair and smashed her head into the elevator door over and over again. Whoa. <laughs> she said, I couldn't stop myself. Blood sp- splattered across the seam in the elevator door and she still kept weeping. The sound rising in pitch and shifting in pattern until it was no longer a cry, but a kind of cackle. Ew. She was happy. Oh God, no, I thought she's happy. This is what she wanted. And like that, I realized that I had not only looked at her when she came out through the elevator, but I had acknowledged her. And worse than that, I had touched her, grabbed her hair, struck her. I'd given her what she wanted. And then ding went the elevator door. We had arrived on floor one. Turning the woman's face was no longer that of a pretty young girl, but was contorted in a face of pure pleasure as if she'd been relieved of a burden long carried. And she stepped off the elevator and into the lobby, blocking my exit. <laughs> the door slammed shut and the elevator began a rapid ascent. I pressed every button on the elevator's console trying to stop it, but nothing responded. The buttons were dead. 
Faster and faster, the elevator ascended until with a loud creak and squeaking of the cables, it came to a complete stop. The floor indicator light read 10. The doors opened and nothing. There was nothing. It was just the 10th floor of the building. On the right and left were offices with glass doors and windows. Inside, people answered phone calls or appeared to be in meetings. Just your basic stuff. I hit the elevator button for the first floor and the elevator moved smoothly downward. At the lobby, I stepped out and walked quickly out of the building and onto the street. I didn't know what in the hell I had just experienced, but I knew I didn't want any part of it. Um, The next morning, after going to sleep in my own bed, this is creepy, (laughs) I opened my eyes and I was standing in the middle of an office building of some kind of an office building of some kind fully dressed the light was dim and as i peered out the window i saw what can i can only describe as a dead city a faint dim light on the horizon illuminated everything with a crimson sheen that glimmered like a greasy film in the low light there was no sound i don't mean it was quiet i mean the place was absent of sound ahead of me was an elevator and the floor indicator read 10 i pushed the down button to call the elevator in such a panic that sweat seemed to instantly cover my body the elevator arrived, the door opened, I got on it, and it took me down to the lobby where the low red light was gone, and in its place was a normal lobby I had seen the day before. This happened every night and morning for the past 10 nights. Ew. During the day when I'm out of my apartment, I see the blonde girl's face in every crowd, but she always disappears once I try and focus on her. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. Creepy. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then, <laughs> there's a little creepy little mystery for you and some true crime. And Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. <laughs> In your nightmares. <laughs> well, um. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that. We are actually going to take next week off. The first time we have taken a week off since we started the podcast. But we want to be able to spend time with our friends and family over Christmas. Um, so we will be off the 27th, but we will be back the following weekend with two new awesome stories for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know if you wanted to add anything to that. (laughs) Um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at historiesandmysteries515 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at historiesandmysteries. Um, and please reach out with anything you'd like to say. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah. And thanks for all of our new followers and listeners. We appreciate you. So we hope that you have a good time with your family, whatever you celebrate. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and while 2020 did suck big time, it was really fun to start this podcast and gain all of you guys. And we look forward to what 2021 brings. Babies. Oh, well, and babies. Yes, we will both have babies in 2021. (laughs) But we will still be releasing every week. We will. We will not miss a week. So, no, except for Chris, like the 27th. (laughs) All right. Well, have a great holiday season. And like Jessica said, with whatever you celebrate, and we will see you in the new year. Bye, guys. Bye.